This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Yeah, you know, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing okay. How do I answer yeah. this? Like, you know, in that, you know, John David way, like, we want people to keep listening, but life is complicated, right? Right, 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 right. Like, like well, you know, it, that's, you know what, that's always the question, though, with the, yeah. with the question of how are you doing? Yeah. It's like, you have to make decisions, because, like, there's some people when they ask that, like, they're prepared <laughs> for the actual answer, but most people are just being right. like, oh, you know, good, the wife, the kids, the dog, everybody's fine. You know, like, and, and to some extent, like, podcasting is very different, because on the one hand, it's like, you know, we've got this, we got a lot to get to, we don't really have time, but we know that people care, but at the same time, they didn't come here for that, right. so it's like, right. yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a day, you know, it's a day, just another another glorious day in, uh, in the ever-existing uh, the glorious day baby that's right yeah, that's right you know you I, I i i try to not you know believe in this good day bad day theory i, I believe in sure. i believe in joyful days and not joyful days and the okay, goal is to have huh, a joyful yeah. day there you go. That, i like that man that sounds good yeah you know you're gonna have good days and bad days but the key is did you have joy in your heart so uh anyway take that take that to the bank and smoke it or whatever put it in your pipe or i, I, I messed it up i messed everything up let's go on with the show man, that, now that's a t-shirt right there take that uh, no. to the bank and smoke and it smoke right. it. <laughs> you can chalk that up there with you know poodles and you know john david with pipe on his you know, uh, butt and champagne and all the other crazy oh things gosh. that happened on the show. So, <laughs> no. Pilgrim Zach and and on and on. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No man, it's uh, this is this is an inter- it's an interesting time. So school has started. I know that uh, your little one is is not quite at that uh, that that stage yet, but yeah. Um, yeah, we've been doing the remote uh, school. So I've been the the primary educator for for our kids here, and it has been. Uh, pretty much awful. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> no, I've, I've actually adjusted to it quite well. Yeah, good, um, good. It's, it's been stressful, but you know, I actually, I find that Twitter has been helpful cause I'll just go on Twitter and I'll kind of vent for a minute. Yeah. And I, I, I take pleasure in knowing that at some point the kids will go back and read this and see like, Oh man, dad was, he was having a tough time. <laughs> it's like, we had one day, man, where the power went out and of course, like we need the power because that's how the school is happening. Yeah. And then, you know, so I had my, my little bit of life on my phone. So I had I'd prioritized my youngest and, and had her on the phone and, you know, just try to do makeup work here and there. But today was the day I learned to just give up. I just learned to give up on doing anything, <laughs> but not, not in life, man, it, or like, like, right. but give up on anything that's not edu- <laughs> like getting these kids educated. And then at three o'clock, Ideally, I have some energy left to get some work done, <laughs> but that's that's where I'm at right now. Our our, our good friend uh, Two Combs, he told me one time. He said the the best way to communicate that you've just given up is to wear overalls. It's just like well, you know what you know, I, I'm just I'm not gonna <laughs> like I I've given up so much I, I'm not even gonna put on underwear like or pants. I'm just I'm just gonna wear that's overalls. Right. That's right. <laughs> no nah, man. No, that's it. I understand, man. That's a that's a uh, that's a tall order. Um, you know, you got your. Um, hands full with all that of course we talked about that you know last week just uh you know trying to multitask and also trying to run a um you know production company that you that you do and and media media company and uh be a good parent and and um and husband and everything else yeah pretty pretty bonkers dude man speaking of bonkers we need to talk about what happened last week because (laughs) you know that i I don't know about you but i have been I, i have been getting emails so i know that you have been getting emails and calls 
so last week's episode, 50th anniversary pipe, in which, um, you know, we talked about the 50th anniversary of the Country Squire, the fact that you did a commemorative pipe, the fact that there was only 50 of them. And, you know, you know, it's it's easy, I think, for folks to, to you know, like we, we try to do this show in a very honest and earnest way and, and kind of keep it very you know, like the, the listener is, is here, right? Like there's a, I've always talked about, and I've, I've mentioned on the show before and I'll, I'll mention it again, but podcasting is about relationship. And so there's, there's an intimacy that exists in the podcast experience. And so, you know, it can be easy to think like, Oh, you know, it's just, it's just us here with the, there's more than just us, and there's more than just 50 listeners. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's us, Bo, and 10,000 of our best friends. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot of folks. It's a lot of folks. So that's that's kind of the situation. So, of course, that's you mentioned right. the 50th anniversary pipe, and, of course, that there were just 50 of them. And, um, yeah, how'd, how'd that work out for you? Yeah, Bo? they're all they're all gone, Bo. They're all gone. Yeah. <laughs> They're all gone. I, you know, it, it's it's crazy, and I, you know, we're going to disappoint some people announcing that they're big uh, time. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, again, this is on me. A very imperfect, uh, you know, proprietor of a um, you know, dusty old smoke shop. But um, yeah, I, you know, we, I, I was trying to figure out the best way to release this. Um, and what happened is last week we just did our episode on Country Squire Radio, and. Um, and, and immediately, so the episode, I think, drops first thing Wednesday mornings. Um, so, so mid-morning, late morning on Wednesday of last week, um, and as, as this episode comes out, it'll be a week ago, um, <laughs> I started getting phone calls. And they were for, hey, do you have any of your pipes left? Are, are your pipes left? Like, hey, mm-hmm. I didn't see them online. Like, do, I, I want to get one. Like, hey, hey, you know, it, it, can you can you send me one? And um, I, I hadn't even put them on the website yet. I hadn't even had my photographer come in and take photos of them. Like it was, like <laughs> right. it was, it was absurd. You know, they, they, it was, it was crazy. And so, um, it, what I, what I elected to do, and this was, um, this was wild. But I, I wound up not even uh, announcing, like sending an email out about it or anything. Uh, I just, I just put them up. And you know, what I realized is that the people that were getting them were our some of our most hardcore listeners they're the ones that you know are you know listen to the uh, to the show every single week and um, and and when the uh, when the podcast comes out they listen immediately almost and um, and man those people those people gobbled up the pipes <laughs> they just man. gobbled them up and it, it, is gone. it, it you know yeah. so it was in, in a sense it was like you know obviously hindsight 2020 all that stuff like um, you know you think well man I wish I would have ordered more so more people could have gotten them you know, we could have done 75, 100 of them, whatever it was. But, um, I mean, it was an expensive pipe. You know, it's $225 that we uh, sold them for. But, you know, um, and, uh, you know, but, but, but a part of that, you know, so you always think like, man, I wish we would have had more just to, uh, you know, so more people could have had them. But, um, but, you know, at the same time, I was so encouraged by how fast they went. I mean, and just that people, that people wanted them, you know. And, and by the way... I had to come out of pocket a lot of money to get those pipes made, you know. <laughs> so man, it's you kinda, were like the prettiest Bella de Ball. You know, <laughs> you know, you, you just think like I mean, I, I had to front. I mean, it was kind of scary because I mean, fifty right, right, really right. premium pipes. Like we're we 
we're talking about a good chunk of change, you know. And um, man, I could feed my family for a few months with that kind of kind of cheese, you know. <laughs> and so we had that, you know. I was I was nervous about it. I was really scared that they they weren't going to move, or you know, maybe people weren't appreciative of the uh, of the shape or the stain color or whatever, you know. Or, you know, they wanted us to make it with a different manufacturer. I I don't know, you know. But anyway, they that people people um you know have been and are extremely gracious to us and just uh just gobbled them up so um yeah man they're they're gone for good and bad but uh yeah. man, I'm, I'm grateful and uh we're we're just really thankful for um for everybody's support and it, and it shows just how i think the stunning thing to me is like you know and you mentioned it you know we we get on here and record it's like oh it's me and bo hanging out but it really is 10,000 of our best friends. Yeah, we kind of forget that, right? Like, that's, that's the reality. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, this is not a small show. Like, yeah. <laughs> Man, for, for people to call that that quickly, like, they, you know, the show drops, and I start getting phone calls, you know, a, a, an hour and a half after the after the show comes out, like... Man, I, thank you, guys. Th- thank you for supporting us. I mean, y'all... Y'all honor us. Y'all, you guys honor us. Like, you know, I've got these, these guys will call, you will call and, you know, the shop and you'll say, man, it's so, it's so cool. I, I feel like I, um, you know, know you, even though we don't really know each other. And the, the thing is like, we kind of, I mean, yeah, I, you know, it might be the first time I get to talk with you, but like, you do know us, like you, you know, our experiences, you know, our, our story. And when we're, we're, we're that way intentionally, we want to let y'all in because, um, man, you're, you're an important part of our lives too. And so we're just, we're honored. We're just so honored. <laughs> it was very moving and, um, and I'm very grateful. So anyway, it was pretty, pretty wild, man. Speaking of, speaking of which, uh, and just in terms of the, the show being very much a, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, there's a, there's an openness to it. Like right now, uh, I have a child walking up to me with full on, uh, roller skating gear and a unicorn helmet. Oh. Looking good, kiddo. Isn't that And so you might hear some you might hear some kids in the background, but that's you know what? That's that's part of it, right? You get you get <laughs> you, be, you know, we're, you're getting led into the life and that is what what it was here at the moment. But man, that's it's uh it's incredible, man. And uh, I'm uh you know, like you say, it's it's a it's a testament to uh, the amazing listeners that we've got. Um, and also I think, man, you know, I'll, I'll be the one to say, I think it's a testament to your, your talent, your skill, your, your eye for a quality product and, you know, your, the trust that folks have in you, well, um, shoot. you know, the, 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 the trust I, folks I, have in Savinelli cause they, uh, well, so yeah, you know, that like, look, all props to Savinelli for sure. But I, I do think that there is something to be said. I don't want to get any hate email, but I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, no offense to any, you know, famous crooners out there, but I almost feel like maybe the shape should be called John David's pi- no, favorite. No, stupid. That's it dumb. is John David's favorite. <laughs> I'm just saying it is John David's it, favorite. It, it That's might all be, I'm saying. It might be his favorite, but, but uh, you know, I, I don't have the... Uh, it's not a discussion. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's just me. That's just me bigging up, up in you, man. Uh, but no, that's uh, that's... That's the latest and greatest there. Um, so again, sorry to everybody who, um, who, who wasn't able to get one. Uh, but yeah, we will, uh, we'll keep that in mind for the future, just in terms of like, you know, I guess, you know, to me, and I'll just kind of share this real quick. It reminds me of, uh, I was, a, I was a camp counselor one summer camp and, um, I came up with this game that I called amazing awesomeness. And basically it was this big event. We had the boys camp and the girls camp. We're all kind of coming together for like a carnival day. And I had this field and, and like the, the owner of the camp, like gave me way too much like money and trust to like put together this event. And so what I did was I had, I just wanted this like massive, crazy, messy war. So I had these, 
uh, uh, giant tubs placed in the center in a line of this like soccer field filled with baked beans and uh, uh, cold baked beans, of course. So not baked beans, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like with beans and then also uh, shaving cream and um, uh, water balloons and like, you know, just like for this like massive, like, like kid warfare. Right. Uh, and, and so I had like, like these two, I had, I, we, we divvied everybody up and I had like, like a hundred kids on one side and a hundred kids on the other side. And we were revving them up like crazy. And the, the daughter of the owner of the camp came up to me. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, this is gonna be great. She's like, no, look around. And I realized that I had all of these like hundreds of kids about to run at each other to fight over like these like five or six like tubs. And it was about to, it was like, and I was like, uh, we'll figure it out when it's over. Go! <laughs> it was just, it was a literal mess, but nobody got hurt. And that's, that, that's what this was. It was a literal mess, but nobody got hurt. And I, hopefully everybody was satisfied when it was all said and done. But we might do it differently in the future. <laughs> that's what would happen if you put like a, you know, a mound of, you know, Frogmorton, uh, you know, oh, gosh. across Could you the imagine? pond or something yeah. like in the yeah, middle yeah. of the, I don't know, Las Vegas pipe show or something. And like, there's just no telling, you know, we, we would like to think of pipe smokers as respectable, you know, hearted, you know, good hearted people that are kind and no, you know, gracious and all this stuff. Other. But dude, there'd be like, there, there'd be <laughs> people's eyes gouged out and like, <laughs> you know, like in nunchucks. And I mean, it'd be, it'd be like that scene in, uh, Anchorman, uh, in Anchorman where they That's just, right. know, there's yeah. like a trident and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, hey, we got a great show, yeah. uh, man. This uh, this week. Uh, so this actually comes from a little bit of uh, uh, listener feedback, um, talking about kind of the differences between pipe tobacco and cigar tobacco. But we're kind of doing this a little bit differently. We've actually had conversations around this topic before through various pipe questions of the week, and then also with kind of dedicated episode, if you kind of go back into the archives, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we want to kind of approach this from a different direction. We're talking about the leaf, right? I mean, like the leaf leaf. The le- the leaf itself, yeah. You know, well, we've talked uh, around the periphery, right, about, uh, you know, cigar smokers versus pipe smokers and, you know, the difference there, the obvious difference and, and uh, you know, it just how interesting it is. I think I've mentioned many times before, just, you know, I can uh, I almost identify a, a cigar or pipe smoker as soon as they walk in the door just because of how they carry themselves and all that. But, um, but you know, we wanted to kind of reach beyond that and talk about, um, you know, the underlying, you know, the leaf. Like, what, what are, what's actually, why, why is that a different product, and why is it, uh, you know, made a different way? What produces that experience that you get from a pipe compared to a cigar? Just kind of talk about that. You know, we've got a lot of uh, pipe and cigar guys. It's natural because the, you know, the pipe and cigar are both. Uh, you know, um, as we say the here, cousins. In, well, in, Miss, in Mississippi, we say uh, kissing cousins. <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't you know, know about that, but you know, that, yeah, that's, no, they're, they're well, that, that's close, like that's not by. your first cousin. You know, it's like your second or third cousin. Like you know, right, whatever, whatever's right, right. legal, you can get away with. You know. <laughs> I refuse um, to lean into that stereotype. Okay, keep okay. going. Well, they're, so they're kissing cousins, you know. Uh, we have, <laughs> we, I can't wait for the uh, feedback on that. Um, <laughs> we have fo- folks, obviously, that listen to our show that are exclusively pipe, and that's going to be, um, you know, maybe maybe half of our our, our community, our organization, you know, our our group. Um, but you know there are a lot of folks that also enjoy the cigar, um, and so it, it's a natural dovetail. There, it really is the uh, you know cigar 
uh, you know, made of similar strains of tobacco and, uh, you know, some similar flavor profiles and, um, you know, nuances and things of that nature. And, you know, I, I would say probably the broader pipe community that you're used to on the web and stuff like, you know, that we're all a part of on Facebook groups and Instagram and all that, you, you know, you probably have less crossover. But, you know, here in a brick and mortar environment, I've got a ton of cigar guys that also smoke a pipe. Now, it might not be, you know, on a regular basis or something, you know, every Every day, but you know, or it might be like once a week, or it might be, hey, I smoke my pipe for breakfast, but you know, throughout the day, I smoke a cigar, um, you know, to kind of get through the day. So, um, you know, there there is a lot of crossover here. So we just wanted to peel back uh, the layers a little bit and say, uh, just kind of take a look at the the tobacco itself. Um, you know, aromatic smokers tend to like uh, flavored cigars. They tend to like uh, milder. Uh, milder cigars that have um, you know less less uh, less body and more uh, smoothness, more kind of natural. I hate the word smooth to describe tobacco; it's just too generic. But very palatable, kind to the mouth, easygoing, uh, approachable flavor that uh, that you can can have. And, and you know, English blend smokers, folks that like more robust pipe tobaccos, you're going to have them. Uh, you know, lean into those Maduro. Uh, leaves, uh, you know, things that are, uh, you know, Corojo wrappers or something that's got a lot more uh, boldness, rich, you know, the, you know, flavors, uh, dark flavors that, uh, you know, might mimic like a, you know, French roast or an Italian roast coffee, um, you know, maybe some pepper and, and complexity there. So, um, yeah, so, you know, to, to start, it might be kind of a good time to review uh, our different tobacco leaves and their their characteristics you know on the um you know and, and again we this is something we've talked about you know a, a lot <laughs> uh you know throughout the history of our show but you know you've got generally uh you know six different types of pipe tobacco you can divvy it up different ways and some people do but uh, I'll, I'll just talk about uh you know essentially uh you know six or seven today um you know burley this is a tobacco that uh, is probably closest to most uh, cigar leaf that's out there, uh, a different strain, but 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 it's going to be on the closer side to the cigar leaf. Not a lot of natural sugar in Burley. Uh, it burns dry, burns cool, uh, but it has a high nicotine content, and so uh, a nice strength to it. We see Burley in a lot of uh, uh, aromatic tobaccos because it takes, you know, absorbs those casings really really well, and uh, is uh, you know can can take on that. Uh, chameleon characteristic very well. And so uh, Burley um, is extremely popular. Of course, the other most popular tobacco and pipe tobacco are Virginia's. Uh, Virginia's uh, bright leaf, you know, we've got uh, a mild in strength tobacco, lower in the on the nicotine content, but a high sugar content. It's a naturally sweet tasting leaf. Um, you know, th- this is where we start, uh, you know, when you get sick of us, you know, talking about grassy tobaccos, uh, citrusy, hay-like, uh, or, or the, the richer uh, leaves like, um, you know, a plum or a stone fruit, you know, these more stewed uh, kind of uh, flavors. Uh, you know, you'll get that when we talk about Virginias. And so um, very, very popular. And, and then, of course, we have our Oriental tobaccos. Orientals, uh, indigenous to, to Turkey and the Balkans, these are smaller leaves that are very potent in flavor, uh, nutty, sour uh, tobaccos that have kind of a distinctive, uh, almost mustiness to them. And, and then a, a, and a specific Oriental uh, is going to be Latakia. This is a, a variety of Oriental that is cured over 
um, you know, the woods that are indigenous to places like Cyprus and uh, Syria. And, you know, so we uh, cure those. They take on the flavor of that smoke. A couple more I'll, I'll go over just briefly. Perique, uh, you know, the strain of burley that is fermented under extreme pressure. We think about those whiskey barrels and about, uh, you know, what Mark Ryan down in, uh, you know, uh, convent Louisiana is doing, you know, throwing all that slimy tobacco in those barrels and letting them sit for, you know, 12 months to 16 months kind of thing. And it's it's oily and dark and slimy and um, and peaty and, uh, you know, very acidic and, and pungent. Uh, you know, so you've got that that type of leaf as well. Um, and then uh, Kentucky tobacco, which is a burley that's been uh, essentially cured on the stalk, uh, fire cured. Um, this is, you know, it's a, it's a smoked tobacco it, over, you know, kind of slow, uh, slow burning fires that are smoldering and infusing these leaves with the smoke particles. Um, very intense and smoky flavors. Uh, and, and then, of course, the last one that uh, we haven't, haven't talked about is the Cavendish uh, tobaccos. This is not, uh, you know, similar to uh, some of the other ones we mentioned. Cavendish is not a, um, you know, a, a type of plant. You don't, there is no Perique plant. There's no uh, Kentucky plant, uh, you know, but the Cavendish is similar in that, you know, it, it takes Burleys and Virginias that have been heated, uh, cured, you know, and, and pressed for a period of time to allow for extra fermentation. And so, you know, these tobaccos are going to be typically dark, uh, black. Uh, they're going to have a natural sweetness to them, not just because of the tobacco itself, but also uh, because of that that fermentation process that, that is continuing to happen. And so, um, you know, that's amplified basically because of the of the process that it goes through. We think of um, Cavendish bow. You've heard us say that quite a bit. Yeah, you know, tobacco that uh, you know, it's very uh, dark and, and tends to be moist. Um, you know, and this is a tobacco that's undergone, uh, you know, a lot of uh, extra processing, whether it be steaming, steaming, heating, fermentation, uh, pressing, uh, and, and it kind of creates that, uh, that dark, I mean, it's, it's basically composting, you know, is what's happening there. What's great about these tobaccos similar to Burley is that they take on that top dressing and that um, you know that casing really easily, and so you'll see those in a lot of aromatic uh, blends. So, so just just a you know thirty thousand foot view uh, overview of a lot of the leaves that you know go into pipe tobacco that make uh, the blends that we like so special and, and so uh, so unique. Um, you know, cigar tobacco is not uh, you know much different. You know, it, I mean, it, it has uh, you know obviously some important differences, but. Um, you know there there are a lot of uh, a lot of nuances within cigar tobacco, although may, maybe not quite as much as the pipe. Um, you know we see with cigar leaf that where the tobaccos are typically uh, you know processed. Uh, you know, cigars, well, okay, we, we see in pipe tobacco where, you know, tobaccos typically are, are more processed. It's a, you know, they're steamed and then are flavored or cased uh, with something to make them more palatable, mild, and then we shred them and then we blend them with other things. That's a, you know, more processing is involved with, with pipe tobacco. Uh, cigars are made from whole leaf typically, at least the ones we're talking about today. Um, you know, and so you've got, uh, you know, a, an entire leaf of a plant that's been, you know, rolled up with a select, uh, you know, amount of other leaves and, and created this, um, you know, this blend. Uh, it's a, it's, you know, pipe blends can be simple or highly complex, but, but cigar blends can be too, you know, they, people have trouble understanding, um, 
the cigar has either, uh, you know, has either a few different leaves in it or many, um, you know, but it's, you know, it can be as varied or, or you know, it, you know uh, not nearly as varied as, uh, as pipe tobacco. You think of all the tobaccos that go into a blend, like, let's say, um, you know, Scottish mixture or something like that, you know, Macbaron or, or, you know, anything like a, a, one of our more uh, complex blends here at the shop that I hate making because it takes so long. There's so many ingredients is, uh, is Hunting Creek. And, and, you know, there's just a lot that goes into that. There's a whole bunch of leaves. I think Scottish blend from Macbaron has like, you know, 35 different tobaccos in it or something. You know, it, the most on a cigar you'll find is, you know, five, six, seven leaves and, and they're all, uh, you know, kind of all rolled up in there, so it's interesting. You know, they're they're um, they're just a, a little more um, a little more simple. Although there's a lot that goes into the blending process there as well. It's interesting to hear you say they're simple because nothing ever makes me think uh, anymore about pipe tobacco in simple terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, that's fair. You know, I mean, think about all the uh, you know um, uh, just complicated processes that go into not just creating the blend, but creating the leaf itself, right? Um, you know, and then once you've got the leaf, you've got to think about, okay, well, how does this mix with other tobaccos and all that kind of stuff? And what, what a lot of pipe guys don't realize is cigar, you know, blenders uh, do the exact same thing. It's funny to think about uh, a cigar being a blend, but that's exactly what it is. Cigars are blends too. So when you, you know, you can refer to the uh, tobaccos in a cigar as a specific blend. Uh, people have trouble, you know, kind of getting that, but it can have as many as, you know, three different, to, few as, you know, two or three different tobaccos in it, uh, or it can be, you know, incredibly nuanced and varied more on the, you know, five, six, seven leaves uh, in there, and, um, you know, so it's just, uh, it's just kind of a different, a different process, but every specific leaf that's in a cigar, of course, is specifically picked for um, you know, how, uh, just like pipe tobacco, how it's going to interact with, uh, you know, with the other ones and, um, you know, the, the burn characteristics, the nicotine content, the, uh, aroma, all those things are taken into consideration. So, um, you know, the, the taste, uh, varies with cigar leaf, uh, based on several factors. And, and, you know, a lot of these are similar to pipe tobacco, but we think about them differently because geography is so much more, pronounced i guess when you're when you're identifying cigar tobacco uh so that's that's something we'll talk about um climate you know of course uh you know where what your sun uh you know percentage is versus shade what's the moisture content how much rain uh you know how acid is the soil and all this kind of stuff um and, and then on top of that the curing process you know how long was it fermented and uh the leaf and all that kind of thing that's a lot you know where you get your strength and and color from the tobacco but um you know but similar to you know pipes cigars have their varieties of tobacco as well um with you know different characteristics so um you know a, a few of the different leaves that you may have heard of if you you know dabble in the cigar uh, side of the world the peloto leaf uh indigenous to cuba it's a bold spicy flavor um you know when the embargo happened this was the primary leaf that um you know they smuggled out in envelopes to uh to the dominican republic and that was kind of the first place that um you know these tobaccos began to uh be rolled into cigars for the american market so uh let's see bo i think the i I forget i should know this off the top of my head but i think the embargo happened in uh 60 was it 63 when it started 
Yeah, when, when, yeah, when it started, when it started. You know, it's um, interesting because so much about kind of the the embargo has less, like my memory is more tied to like films around that era than, yeah, like, like yeah. than, than actual history. <laughs> so it's yeah. always kind of dangerous being like, yeah, yeah. Pink jumpsuits uh, with <laughs> giant collars. Yes. Cigars from Cuba. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Really obnoxious tie colors and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> All the way. All the way. And I think somehow we just offended a portion of our audience by saying that. But yes, absolutely. I, it wouldn't be a Squire Radio episode if we didn't. No, so we, that's, you know that's, we have listeners that were rocking those 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 clothes back then. So yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> right. We, we have them that rock them right now, I'm sure. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, so uh, again, uh, the Peloto leaf, uh, that, uh, you know, bold, spicy flavor we saw first come out of Cuba, uh, smuggled in these envelopes that, uh, you know, where they would take the seeds and and plant them, uh, you know, in in the Dominican Republic. You see on a lot of cigar boxes or, you know, a lot of cigar descriptions, they'll say, uh, grown from Cuban seed, or this is a Cuban seed cigar. Uh, Nowadays, that's kind of meaningless because, um, you know, so much of the cigar lineage goes back to, uh, to that. It's not like you can, you know, really, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, trace it all the way back. That's kind of like saying, oh, yeah, I'm related to Adam and Eve kind of thing. <laughs> um, well, but, and then uh, there was so much like I almost kind of feel, uh, you know, in terms of products of that that era, yeah. there was almost like a more of like a mythology around Cuban cigars that were yeah. like, obviously, if you were like an, an industry insider or somebody who was an aficionado, that was one thing. But I think like a lot of us, I mean, you know, you and I, kind of grew up in kind of the notion of like, oh man, how do you smuggle your cigars out of Cuba? Like, you know, and then you get them. And exactly. Then what, what does that mean? Like, are they, are they special cigars? Will they knock you out in some form or, you know what I mean? <laughs> like there was always kind of a, I don't know about you, but. A, mis- a mystique around them. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's well, like, and, and no, they're, they're how really we... good quality. It's more the fact that you can't get them that really drive the esoterica of. Well, <laughs> the, exa- <laughs> I was just about to say the same thing. Right. I mean, you know, we've got uh, guys that, you know, they're again, t- we were talking about the, you know, uh, pile of, uh, you know, Frogmorton that people are stabbing each other's eyes out over. It's kind of the same concept. You know, it's just a it, it's a limited release thing. It's something that you can't get your hands on. Um, and, and by the way, too, you know, folks ask, hey, you know, why don't you sell Cuban cigars now? Wasn't the embargo lifted a few years ago? And um, so just a little clarity on that. What what happened a few years ago, uh, um, they actually um, got rid of or relaxed parts of the embargo. And, and, and the, what they did is they allowed the consumer to go into another country and bring a certain dollar amount of, of Cuban cigars back into the United States without penalty. Um, and so, you know, like for instance, when I went on my honeymoon with, with my wife, we went to Mexico and, uh, you know, we went to the cigar uh, shop on the resort that we were at and I, you know, I, I bought these Cuban cigars. I think they were legit, but you know, who knows <laughs> at that point. But, um, you know, the, when you, when we came back in the country, we had the box of them and the TSA agent was like, uh, you know, let me, do you have any cigars with you? And I said, well, yes. And he looked at them and, you know, it said Havana, Cuba on there and everything else. And he was like, okay, sir, go ahead. And and we walked on through, you know, walked on through customs. But um, well, what we can't do any that is still the same as it has been for decades is we cannot import Cuban cigars to sell on the shelf. Uh, we cannot we cannot import cigars for me to put uh, you know at the country squire to sell uh, on the shelf and so um, you know so just a kind of a nuanced thing it, it it is easier to get Cuban cigars in the U.S. now but uh, still can't sell them retail so 
Moving along on the, you know, different tobacco strains for, uh, you know, cigars, we've got the Corojo leaf, uh, spicy, it's, it's, it's strong. Uh, I, you know, I kind of think of this as, um, you know, the, uh, Perique kind of uh, of 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 cigar leaf. It's got that uh, pepperiness to it that's very pleasing. Uh, you see a lot of this in Nicaragua and Honduras. Uh, really shines there. Uh, the Habano leaf, uh, very very popular, rich and dark, uh, very dependent on where uh, it's grown. So the flavor is going to change dramatically from uh, the Dominican Republic to Nicaragua, Ecuador, Honduras. Uh, you know places like that. Um, Connecticut cigars, this, this is, or Connecticut leaf, uh, this is interesting, you know, a lot of, uh, pipe smokers may not realize, but a lot of, um, a lot of cigar leaf is actually grown in the United States, and we use, uh, you know, different strains of broadleaf that you see up in, uh, you know, Kentucky and, and Pennsylvania, um, you know, and, and Connecticut shade, this is actually a, uh, mild, uh, tobacco that's actually grown under cloth, it's, it's grown under shade, that's why they call it Connecticut shade, and it's grown in New England. It is grown in places like Connecticut and Vermont. Um, you see this tobacco, uh, you know, these farms that'll have the leaf, uh, you know, under these tents, basically. Uh, and it, it's a derivative of Sumatran leaf and, you know, became popular for cigars around the early uh, 1800s. It was kind of a, um, you know, an experiment they did. They kind of dialed it in and it became a popular uh, cigar leaf then. Uh, Connecticut's you think of as a milder leaf, but they can, the, the really good ones, I think, can be kind of naturally spicy or peppery. There is a, a sense that, you know, they can have a little bit of natural pepper to them as well. So um, you just don't think of New England as being like tobacco <laughs> No, at least we we don't hear. You know, I mean, we you know we don't. You know, I'm sure the folks up there would you know say different. The folks that live in you know maybe Western Connecticut and that's where they grow the tobacco. But you know, when when most people think of New England, they're you know thinking of seafood and lighthouses and you know beautiful scenery and you know all that kind of stuff. But but also you know tobacco. It's kind of interesting. And uh, Sumatra leaves, these are grown uh, mostly nowadays in Ecuador. Uh, You get with these leaves um, a lot of, uh, you know, spices, but it's more kitchen spices like those, you know, nutmeg, you know, hazel, pepper. I I don't know. It's just that more kind of baking uh, thing going on. You do get some black pepper. They're cedary. Uh, Sumatras are, are great. It's one of my favorite uh, cigar leaves out there. And I think a lot of pipe smokers appreciate cigar, or I'm sorry, Sumatra uh, cigars because of the complexity there. There's a lot of complexity, um, you know, and, and pipe tobacco does tend to be more more complex because you can, it's just more versatile. You can do more with it. And it's a very nuanced, uh, wispy, uh, burning leaf. So uh, finally, we have a Cameroon wrapper or a cam- Cameroon leaf. This is a naturally sweet uh, and delicate leaf. Uh, you know, you would kind of compare this maybe to the Virginia blends of the pipe world. Um, you know, Virginia leaves of the pipe world. It's mild and um, and creamy. Um, it, I, you know, I've, I've referred in the past to um, uh, Mac Barron's H.H. Uh, pure Virginia. I've referred in the past to that as like the Chardonnay of pipe tobacco, and and Cameroon wrappers are re- they really are like the Chardonnay of um, you know of the cigar world. They have that kind of oaky flavor to them. That's really um, you know it's buttery and and smooth. It's it, it can be peppery, but you know it's a, it's a really well rounded leaf. So um, just very very interesting. 
um, you know, one of the companies that, uh, that you know, sells a lot of these Cameroon wrappers is Arturo Fuente. Uh, Fuente, uh, you know, blue ribbon company, been oh, around yeah, for a long time. time. But, um, you know, yeah, I know you've smoked some Fuente cigars before. Of course, but, you know, yes. Any, any um, you know, cigar uh, connoisseur will, will know the name. Uh, you're going to see a lot of these leaves on their Hemingway line and the, uh, the Don Carlos line. Um, it, it's funny, Cameroon leaves tend to be very brittle very fragile they're thin uh kind of bible thin pages you know i <laughs> think that kind right, of thing right, and so right, right. so it's easy for these cigars to be damaged so you have to handle these cigars very uh very carefully as you're um you know as you're as you're handling them or you know you can't if you drop a box just go ahead and assume you're going to put that box on discount because there's going to be a bunch of cracked cigars <laughs> right, in right. here but um so as you'll notice we talk about you know Cameroon, Ecuador, Sumatra, Nicaragua, uh, you know, uh, these different places, Cuba, the the DR, uh, you know, cigar uh, leaves tend to be very dependent. The, the, The quality and flavor of these leaves tend to be very dependent on where they were grown, the location of the cigar or or of the, of the leaf itself. You know, pipe tobacco, we don't really think of that as much, you know, I mean, you know, when you say, uh, yeah, I'm smoking this Virginia Flake. You know, you're not as much. You know, you don't have people swapping. Well, is it a is it a uh, you know a, a Kentucky or Maryland uh, Virginia or is it a uh, a Zambian Virginia? You know, it, it, you don't really have as much of that going on there. And I I think um, you know some of that is a function of the market, right? It's just not uh, pipe tobacco nowadays is not as much. Um, you know, uh, about, uh, you know, it's just not a big enough market to, you know, have the nuances and location and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it, but, but cigar, you know, uh, consumers are really going to hone in on that. They really look at, uh, well, is this a Dominican leaf or is it a Nicaraguan leaf? And, and the reason for that is the soil and the climate in these countries is, is different enough to make a very profound difference in the, uh, in the flavor of the cigar. Um, you know, you'll have, um, these really robust cigars, places like Nicaragua, where they're producing uh, Padrones and Rocky Patel and Perdomos, um, you know, these are cigars that have a lot more uh, a lot more strength to them, thicker leaves, and uh, more more natural nicotine in the leaf that they've bred in there. Um, you know, Dominican leaves are going to be, uh, you know, that uh, they have a spiciness to them, but they're going to be uh, just a little milder, a little more delicate, kind of uh, you know, easygoing, and so. Uh, you see a lot of that, you know, the the in the in the conversation with cigar tobacco, you see the country come up more than you do pipe tobacco, uh, which I think is kind of kind of fascinating. Right, right. Yeah, um, you know, the USA produces you know such a smaller amount of of pipe tobacco that a lot of that um, you know has been it has been kind of shipped overseas and you know we talked about that recently on our uh, pipe capital of the world Africa <laughs> you know where we kind of discussed all the uh, really you know quality tobacco that's being grown uh, you know in in central uh, and southern Africa uh, you know just uh, a lot of your bright leaf uh, comes from there nowadays and um, you know and so it's changed the characteristic of these blends over the years and and some of the companies have you know tried to modify the the proportions and things of that nature uh, to keep uh, the legacy flavorings, the, levis- the legacy recipes. But um, but even with that, they um, you know the, your tobaccos are just going to you know change if they're grown in a place like you know East Tennessee versus um, you know Cameroon or, or, or whatever it is. So kind of fascinating. Um, 
Uh, just real quickly, physical characteristics, difference between uh, pipe leaf uh, and cigar leaf. The uh, you know it, the cigar leaf has net less natural sugar. Uh, and they tend to be a much higher nicotine content. So less less sweetness that you get with, let's say, Virginias or, um, you know, uh, some, you know, things like Perique and, uh, you know, the fermented Cavendish and all that stuff. But even even the untreated leaf is going to have less natural sugar. Um, and, um, you know, it's a thicker leaf. Cigar leaf is thicker. It's more uh, pliable and, and more uh, rubbery. It, it's It's got just more meat on it. And because of that, the flavor and the aroma is going to be very robust. It's very, you know, a lot of folks, they're like, you know, when I smoke my pipe, I kind of, I can go 30 minutes and then, you know, forget that I smoked a pipe. But when I smoke a cigar, the, you've, I'm sure you've experienced this, Bo, it's like, you know, well, it will, and, and the smell lingers, right? It's a, the, the odor, the taste, you know, I've got customers, they're like, man, I, I would smoke more cigars, but, um, you know, I, I wake up the next day still tasting it and, and that kind of thing. Or, you know, the smell gets stuck in my beard and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's a thicker leaf, and it, it, it has a much more intense smoke. Uh, and those smoke particles, just, you know, like any any particle, are going to stick to, uh, you know, your, your hair, your beard, your, uh, you know, your clothing, and all that kind of stuff. I've got folks that when they leave the shop, they douse themselves in Febreze. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, uh, so their wife will kiss them when they get home. But <laughs> It is wild, though, because, yeah. like, that's the thing. I remember, you know, the... <laughs> Like early on thinking like, man, all I did was smoke my pipe. Why do I still like yeah. have this stench on me and realize it took me forever to realize like, well, because I was at the pipe shop and not everybody was smoking a pipe. Yeah, <laughs> like I, was I'm- sitting, I was sitting next to a guy smoking up a drone. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is right. You know, and as our shop has uh, changed and the uh, tobacco industry has changed, you know, a lot of your uh, smoke shops now are going to have that thicker uh, cigar smoke that that tends to linger more. It you know isn't as aromatic and uh, you know may not have the sweet smell that uh, you know a lot of uh, uh, a lot of pipe tobacco has. So just a, another difference there. Um, fermentation is used uh, both in pipe tobacco and cigar tobacco, but fermentation is probably you know used more often in the cigar world. There's less processing uh, in the cigar world. You have less uh, added sugars, top dressing, casings, things of that nature to flavor the cigars. Most of the tobaccos are air dried, and then they stack them in these big piles. They're called pilones, uh, P-I-L-O. In and the uh, the piles they you know they'll have you know maybe a five thousand pound uh, average on these pylones that they create they stack them up in these barns they leave the east and west side of the barns open uh, and so what the the purpose for that is that as the sun comes up in the east it's it's hitting the inside of those barns with you know your sun rays on one side and then as it sets in the west it's hitting the other side of the barn hmm. uh, yeah. on that side so everything has got you know kind of that equal daylight deal. Again, fermentation, very important. Uh, it's basically composting, uh, you know, your cigar uh, leaf. You, you've got, we talked about that with Cavendish and things of that nature, you know. So it, one thing you may have not heard me mention that you may thought I missed earlier is the uh, the the term Maduro. Maduro, uh, when you think people are like, oh, Maduro, that's a bold, that's a bold leaf. That's a really dark leaf. And uh, Maduro is similar to like a Cavendish process. It's these leaves that have been, um, you know, extra fermented. So they have this velvety 
uh, you know, oily richness to them that really uh, brings out a lot of flavor. They, they can actually have less strength than some uh, other leaves. It's, you know, you think of uh, like Latakia having less nicotine than, uh, than a Burley, for instance, you know, but having a bolder flavor. And, and a lot of times these Maduro cigars will have, uh, you know, a, a bold, rich flavor. You'll get notes of black cherry and caramel and things of that nature, uh, toasted, uh, you know, roasted uh, coffee and things like that. But they actually are in some ways less less strong, which is kind of interesting. So yeah, that you know, that's about it. Uh, so they're similar, but um, you know, you don't uh, you know necessarily you know see a lot of the similarities when you're smoking them because they're very different products. You know, the cigar tends to be heavier, bolder, more powerful. Uh, the pipe, although you can have bolder, powerful pipe blends, it, it still even then tends to be lighter, a little more wispy and nuanced. And uh, you know, it's the thinking man's uh, consumption of there tobacco, you go. right? That's, there you that's go. what we. That's what we like to say. Right. And so um, th- there are cigar leaves that go in pipe tobacco. We've talked about that before. Um, a lot of this is broadleaf that, you know, you, you find in that, um, you know, kind of mid-Atlantic in the United States, uh, this broadleaf, which we didn't talk about earlier. But, um, you know, places like the, um, you know, West Virginia, Virginia, um, you know, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, uh, you know, they shred this leaf and put into pipe blends uh, for, you know, a robust flavor, uh, a stronger, you know, this is a very small amount of tobacco we're talking about. It's added to uh, make the tobacco more bold and smoky. Um, there's some uh, tobaccos that are indigenous to the Caribbean that you're starting to see uh, folks, you know, kind of sprinkle into uh, you, you know, different blends uh, that are, you know, cigar-centric tobaccos, but are, are starting to show up in some more robust uh, pipe blends. Uh, some people don't know that cigar leaf is pretty regularly used in Cavendish. Uh, you know, Cavendish is just a a fermented Burley or Virginia. And, uh, and, and you can actually use this cigar leaf to go into uh, a Cavendish because it's any tobacco that's, you know, essentially fermented uh, to have this kind of, uh, you know, naturally sweet uh, flavor to it. And so, um, so you do see cigar leaf there as well. Uh, pipe tobacco is also used in cigars. There's crossover that direction too. Um, you know, the, the, Probably the king of doing this is Drew Estate. They're a, a cigar maker. Uh, of course, they used to make their own pipe tobaccos, and they used to uh, they, they they collaborated with Suge for a while to make some uh, Drew Estate branded pipes and things of that nature. And uh, don't do that really anymore. But Drew Estate, they make a lot of flavored cigars. They're really kind of that's you know that's something that they cut their teeth on was flavored cigars. And they have this cigar called the La Routine. It's got Latakia and Parique. In the cigar, and but it's also sweetened, and so it's a it's a full-bodied cigar. Uh, it got very high-quality tobacco, uh, both you know typical cigar leaf, Latakia Perique, um, but it's but it's sweet. It's it's a it's a sweeter cigar, so very flavorful. Uh, that, as a as a side note, they called it the La Routan bow. Because uh, if you if you write out La Routan, you'll realize that that actually is spelled natural backwards. Uh, <laughs> and and the thing is, this cigar used to be called the natural, and uh, and they got in trouble with the feds. The feds had some kind of um, you know rule change where you can't call a cigar to, you know cigars natural. That's you can't use that term anymore. And and so they were like, okay, we'll you know we'll make this easy. We'll just spell natural backwards, and that's where La Routine came from. See, feds, you should have had a dyslexic on your team. We could have sniffed that out immediately. But ha-ha. I know, right? <laughs> Little did you know, we were on the side of the cigars. Yeah, ha, see, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. And uh, one of 
another one I'll mention that uh, if you're into cigars as well and you're a pipe guy, you'll really, really appreciate this uh, particular cigar. Uh, it's hard to find. Uh, it you know it only is available at certain retailers. Matter of fact, we don't carry them here at the Squire. But it's the Pappy Van Winkle cigar made by Drew Estate. They they um, you know collaborated with the Pappy Van Winkle whiskey folks. Of course, they're really hard to get uh, bourbon that everybody craves. Talk about you know fighting over stuff and paying way too much on the secondary market and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the Pappy Van Winkle cigars they have a a dark fire cured burley. Uh, it, it's a dark fired Kentucky leaf that is then perite. It, it's it's something that you don't really see much of in this in the pipe world. But what they've done is they've taken this, you know, basically dark fired Kentucky and they've periqued it. They've they've put it, you know, sent it down to Mark Ryan and in Louisiana at the um, you know St James Parish uh, you know facility. They've shoved it in these bourbon barrels and and put pressure on them, let them sweat it out for a year, and it, and so it's got this really crazy flavor. When you put that cigar in your mouth, the end, the cap leaf, you'll notice is a different color on that, the part of the the cigar that you put in your mouth. And you'll notice almost immediately this really uh, fire-cured flavor. You know almost immediately that's pipe tobacco. (laughs) Right, right, right. right, It's pretty cool. So, you know, if you are one of those crossover people, you know, smoke a pipe that occasionally like a cigar, uh, I'd encourage you to hunt one of those down. You may have to, you know, call a few shops, maybe have one shipped to you, uh, that kind of thing. But um, but it's a it's a real gem. It's got a really interesting flavor to it. So anyway, cigar leaf and pipe leaf, the uh, the journey and all that. <laughs> there you go, man. Wow. Okay. Well, that, that's a, that is quite a textbook. Drinking from a fire hose, baby. Yeah, that's a lot of information <laughs> on that one. That was, but that's good. I know that. Um, you know, I, one of the things that that stuck out to me too is you think about, you know, the fact that the leaves serve different purposes, right? Like one of them needs to exist with kind of the intention to be rolled, and one of them can exist in a lot of different ways. Can be pressed. Can be you know, ribboned up or, or, you know, roped up, whatever, whatever the case may be. But yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always, uh, you know, it's a product that has existed. You know, the, the tobacco leaf in and of itself has existed in many forms and fashions and has been used in many, many ways. And so kind of learning the differences of how one ends up one place and another ends up another, and also just the various, uh, uh, you know, processes to get it to that place is, uh, I don't know. It's fascinating. It's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. We got a textbook today, man. <laughs> <laughs> we probably got people snoring, but uh, hey, it's time to wake up because we got to talk about uh, our sponsor. No, you, you not, don't tell me that you're not talking about the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum. I am, man. I sure am. Today, uh, you know, I thought we'd pick out a pipe that uh, uh, what a lot of folks that smoke cigars do when they get down to the very bottom of the cigar, they'll actually poke that part in their pipe to smoke it. (laughs) You get down to that very nub of the cigar and it can be kind of hard to hold in your finger and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of folks, they'll actually take that cigar nub and poke it in a pipe and uh, a Missouri Meerschaum pipe that would be perfect for that. Something that has a generous sized bowl uh, that's pretty tall and it's got a, you know, a a nice proportion to it uh, is the Fifth Avenue Diplomat corncob pipe. Uh, it's from Missouri Meerschaum and stands among their most popular designs uh, of larger filtered pipes. This tall cylindrical bowl uh, and handsome profile are perfect for those desiring a slightly longer than normal uh, smoke time. And because it's a larger pipe, you can poke that uh, little cigar remnant down there and, and finish it off at your leisure. So, um, man, just a really good selling pipe from them. It's available in a straight variety or a bent variety. They're all filtered. Um, and you can get that, man, at the source. Uh, 
uh, from Missouri Meersham. Uh, man, just for a great price. They retail for $13.29. Go to corncobpipe.com and they'll ship one right to your door. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe Question of the Week this week coming in from Brian Wilson. This is a great one, man. This is uh, Brian's writing in. He says, love the show. I've been listening for a couple of years now. Called the shop and spoke to John David recently, telling him how much I laughed at the part of the Pipe Capitals of the World Africa episode where he says, uh, yeah, I chose a continent. <laughs> you guys have great chemistry. And listening <laughs> to the show truly feels like hanging out with a couple of old friends. All right, here's the question. My question specifically for John David is, which, okay. which blend of yours are you proudest of? I don't mean one that comes along with the legacy of the shop from Mr. Reeves uh, or Mrs. Reeves for that matter. I also don't mean the ones that's, uh, that are the best sellers or that are renamed bulk blend or something of that nature. I'm talking mm. specifically about the one you feel marks the greatest achievement of your own blending abilities so far. That is wow. a fantastic question uh, from <laughs> Brian Wilson, man. I, I Let me pull up a chair right now. I am curious to this. To the, man, like, bringing in the big guns here, like put put me on the spot. I had I actually, uh, Brian uh, prefaced this question to me when he called in. It was funny because he, he said he had to pull over to the side of the road. He was laughing so hard at that uh, Pipe Capitals episode <laughs> that we did. Apparently we said something really ignorant and, you know, he just got a kick out of it. So it was, that was funny. But man, Brian, thanks for listening and, and thanks for supporting supporting our show. Um, so I, I've given this some thought. Uh, I had to, you know, kind of sharpen my pencil to think about uh, this particular question. Uh, of the tobaccos I've blended, taking out, uh, you know, bestsellers, what's most popular, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what, and, and even, you know, maybe what I like the most, but, but what's, but what I'm most proud of, I think, is probably bag end of all the tobaccos mm. that we've blended. Uh, here at the Squire. Wow. Uh, okay. I really, okay. I really like Bag End. Now, Bag End. Uh, I'll just briefly tell you about it. 
Uh, it's a uh, what I refer to as a Scottish-style mixture. It's Virginia-forward. It has some Orientals, but the it, it does have Latakia, but the Latakia kind of lingers in the background. It's uh, it's kind of lurking back there just to give it a little well-rounded, uh, you know, full-bodied, uh, you know, uh, uh, mouthfeel, I guess. And so, um, yeah, Bag End is really good. It's one of those uh, blends that a Virginia lover will really enjoy. Uh, it has enough complexity from the uh, Oriental leaves to to make it interesting, and of course that richness from the Latakia that that is just just delicate enough to not uh, mess with the room note or uh, you know even the even the flavor sometimes. You know, this is a very uh, a very delicate blend. I think uh, that's brightly forward. You're going to get a lot of uh, you know, a lot of that uh, citrus flavor here, lemons and oranges uh, there in a, in a natural flavor. So, um, yeah, man, I, that, that was a good question. I've never had that question before. Mm. And um, and I was honored to answer that. And the answer is uh, I'm probably most proud of for my uh, my personal abilities and my, my capabilities, uh, probably bag end. And, and, and I would say probably Green Dragon as a as a second, but, but bag end is first. All right, man. I, I, I don't yep. care. I, you know, I want to kind of add a little <laughs> bit of a wrinkle onto this question. Do you feel that you have achieved your magnum opus in terms of pipe tobacco? I sure hope not. Gosh, I right. sure hope not. Right, 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 I, yeah. I, re- I really do. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'd like to think that every year that we go along that, you know, you learn a little more. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I've, I've gotten over the past year as our business has changed so much. Um, I've gotten distracted. I've gotten distracted from uh, some of the blending and, you know, getting in the kitchen, making new uh, experiments and things like that. We do a lot of that. We, you know, we still do it, but, um, you know, uh, you know, just not as much as I used to. So I'd I'd like to, you know, as things uh, hopefully stabilize and we continue to to grow and, you know, have more opportunity to, I'd I'd like to uh, like to continue getting better, man. I hope I hope I've never reached the uh, hope I never reached the top. (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. No, that's good. That's a, that's a good answer. All right. Well, great, great question. Fantastic question, Brian. Thanks so much. It probably, for that. that might be the, the best question I've ever had on, on pipe question of the week. That's up that there, man. Me. Yeah, that Absolutely. was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, thank you. And Hey, if you've got a question for us, be sure to send that in show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick fire Quick with, with the squire. squire. Quick fire questions. All right, man. Quick fire questions coming in from Mark VV. Uh, he says, Urban Cowboy versus Country Squire Edition. And here <laughs> we go. Uh, okay. S- suburban home or farmhouse? Uh, uh, suburban home. I don't know. I, I mean, I want a farmhouse, but I, I, I'm going I'm to pivot towards suburban home. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, I'm, you know, the best of both worlds is living in Belhaven. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of feel, I know, right? Feel like you keep it up. So, uh, yeah. Now I, uh, hmm. so I'm. I mean, I'm like ultimately, I'm a city boy. Like, I'm I, my pref- my preference, despite the fact that like I typically have like grown up in the suburbs. I I would prefer to live more in the city, uh, even than I actually do. I but at the same time, I kind of like the charm of a farmhouse. So I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go with farmhouse. I think for my answer, like the answer right now at age 36 is suburban home. Sure. But I, I really, I really, really think in 15 years, the answer is going to be farmhouse. Good. Yeah, that so would make some sense. Check back with me. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> uh, backyard or huge tracts of land? I see what you did there, Mark, but we're just going to keep on moving. Backyard or huge tracts of land? 
uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the huge tracts of land. Um, it, just the versatility there, man. Ho- hopefully, it's out in the country, and you can uh, you're away from light. You can peer up at the constellations at nighttime, and and all that kind of stuff. People don't get angry when you you know burn, uh, make a big uh, you know campfire, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, you can shoot your gun. So uh, huge tract of land. I'll probably <laughs> go that direction as well. You know, our current house doesn't actually even have a backyard. It's got a it's mm-hmm. got a back patio and a pool, which is real nice, but there's no actual yard. Um, yeah. But yeah, just having having the, the space for the kids and the dog to, to run around. Absolutely. Uh, car or horse? All right. Well, I have less experience with a horse than I do my car, but I will go horse. Okay. <laughs> do you <laughs> ride? I, I haven't in some time, but I, I used to more in high school and college. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, sure did. Yeah. I, I, I bribed the, uh, there's a Boy Scout camp close to Starkville when I was in, in college at of Mississippi State. Of course there is. And um, of course there is. <laughs> and um. I bribed the uh, the caretaker of the Boy Scout camp to let me in to uh, to ride the horses occasionally. So the only time I've ever been thrown from a horse uh, was then. I, the horse got spooked. I think a branch fell or something, and uh, he was going really fast, and he went left, and I went straight. There you go. <laughs> and uh, that was scary. Anyway. Yeah. Now, I mean, there is there's actually I was talking to somebody very recently uh, who's like a big dude, like like you know super tall. A uh, big guy, but he was, he went riding a horse for his birthday and, um, dude's like, I don't know, maybe late twenties. And, uh, and he was just kind of sharing with me that it was kind of a scary prospect. And I was like, you know, it's interesting because like, you know, this is, this is a big, big dude. And yet like, you know, a horse kind of puts us all to shame in terms of just yeah. the power of, of the, it does, man. It's a, it's a humbling experience. Have you ever been on top of a horse, Bo? Have you ever ridden a horse? Oh yeah. 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 And I mean like back in the, okay. so my, my dad was actually a, when he was a camp counselor, just two camp counselor references, same episode. How about that? But when he was a camp counselor, uh, he was actually in charge of the horses. And so, um, and then also in my family on my mother's side, uh, my uncle actually, uh, trains and rides horses professionally. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, like comes down to, uh, you know, does the rodeo deal and everything else. And, um, so it's interesting. I've always been very horse adjacent, uh, and, but only, I only rode, like have ridden a couple of times and I yeah. enjoyed it. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, I'll, I'll take a car. That's <laughs> okay. Car. Deal. You don't have to feed a car. I mean, you do, but you don't, uh, lawnmower or tractor, uh, lawnmower. Yeah. I, I don't want to cut that much grass. There you go. Uh, my granddad had a legit tractor back in the day. Uh, and then uh, Red Virginia Flake with a hickory barbecue or the Golden Virginia with a honey barbecue? I refuse to answer. My, my, my. I'm going to go with the Red Virginia Flake with a hickory barbecue. <laughs> Mark. There you go. All right, Mark. Mark. Thanks for those. And hey, if you've got some quick fire questions, be sure to send those <laughs> into the show. Man, it's interesting. We have got so much listener feedback, but I think we are kind of up for time this week. So we're going to have to kind yeah. of punt a lot of it until next week. But man, it, it's been a it's been a packed show, man. You got you, you busted out the you know the big pipe and packed it full of pipe tobacco this week, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I probably went a little overboard, but uh, man, doggone it. I uh um, uh, really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot to appreciate about cigar, appreciate about cigars. If you're a, a dedicated pipe smoker and, um, you know, certainly you maybe ought to try them out sometime, but, um, you know, that thought we just discussed the differences, man, why do those cigars, uh, linger so much and, and taste different and, and, and are stronger and all that kind of stuff? Well, there's a reason it's the, it's the leaf. There you go. There you go. All right, man. Well, I think that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can follow us on uh, Twitter. You can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. Of course, all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Hey, by the way, one of the listener feedback things, and we'll talk about this next week, but um, man, we I, I know I know that the CountrySquireRadio.com needs, it is in need of a refresh, and it actually occurred to me this morning as I was 
um, you know, being a kindergarten teacher as well as principal, and <laughs> janitor, and everything else. Uh, I, I that uh, you know for some of the kindergarten class, I'm going to be sitting in the back actually working on <laughs> getting the website for Country Squire Radio updated. So oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully by the time we actually address the uh, the feedback I'm thinking of, uh, I'll be able to say it's done. So anyway, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> uh, but I think that's probably going to do it, man. This is a great one. Always a great I time fun, with you, man. And uh, yeah, <laughs> let's go have a week. See your brother. your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.